expect to come to Canada and read about baseball, but I managed to pull that off last night and came away with something that was curiously satisfying. Good morning to you. Good Thursday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Pirates. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or hockey, which is why I'm here in Canada. I also offer up Daily Shots of Steelers and Penguins where you found this. It was an article in The Score, which is a Canadian outlet, that broke down in deeply analytical form how the owners in Major League Baseball have kept their own version of the salary cap, that being the luxury tax threshold, at pretty close to the same figure over the last decade and a half. Hasn't budged much. And if you're paying attention to the ongoing negotiations between the owners and the players, such as they've been, if you can even call them ongoing, you'll know that the players have made kind of a big deal about increasing that threshold. It's been at around 210, 212, 214. Players want to see it get like all the way up to 240, 260. And the owners offer back these tiny, hilarious incremental increases, like a nickel or something, because they're not going to budge on that. Why? Because for the most part, it's working. If it wasn't for the Dodgers and their unlimited budget, you probably wouldn't see a team, not even the Yankees or the Red Sox, poke their heads above that threshold on any kind of regular basis. The Dodgers were the only team significantly above it in 2021 at $277 million, and the Padres just got above it because of the big extension they gave to Fernando Tatis, but the Padres aren't going to be up there either. More strikingly, really, if you think back to it, the Red Sox gave up Mookie Betts to the Dodgers. Why? Didn't want to exceed the threshold. Didn't want to get taxed. The tax money is just flushed down the commode in the eyes of the team. Didn't want anything to do with it. Backed off. The players, and understandably so, and I believe it's all of them, want to see the threshold increased. I don't think that's just a Scott Boris thing, even though it principally favors Boris clients because you'd only see more teams get up there with the Dodgers and only two or three of them to bid for Boris's players and create more of a market, Boris's favorite word, for their services. And it's a fair stance for the players to take. But it's not the stance that would actually make their membership the most money. And that's where this becomes collectively, clinically insane. This portion of Daily Shot of Pirates is brought to you by our friends at North Shore Tavern. That's directly across Federal Street from PNC Park. It's home of Steak on a Stone, an eating experience underscoring the word experience. 
The steak is brought to you partially cooked on an 800-degree stone, and you do the rest. It's a ton of fun, it's a great meal, and it's a baseball atmosphere like no other in Pittsburgh. North Shore Tavern, right across Federal Street from PNC Park. Anyone who's been following my stuff, whether in spoken or written form, for a long time will know that as soon as a reader mentions a salary floor, I'll always bite back. I'll say, can't have a cap without a floor. And that's because it's true. There's no salary cap system. Not in the NFL, not in the NHL, not in the NBA, not in MLS, not anywhere that doesn't involve a floor and expanded revenue sharing to make sure that the teams with the lowest revenue have the ability to spend up to that floor. Know who benefits from that system? Yeah, the players do. You have more players making more money because you're forcing more teams to spend into a range. But because this union, which is being puppeteered by Boris, has some bizarre philosophical opposition to the cap system that every other league is using, this union, which already, already ratified, granted it was a while ago, but ratified the luxury tax system that puts a ceiling on the cap is adamant that fighting the floor is fighting for their rights to the open market and letting teams spend whatever they want. Except what? (gasps) Except that they don't and they can't. And the luxury tax system, which for a while was ignored by a lot of teams, now is only ignored by one team. And thus, the salary cap, if you want to get into the literal application of that term, already exists. It's there, and it is having a drag on players' pay. But the union still won't have any discussion of a salary floor. The owners proposed a salary floor in their very first proposal this past summer. Oh, no, they'd never go for that. The players would never. Oh, why even bring that up? And I get blowback on social media and some of the more direct feedback that I'm raising people's hopes by talking about a cap and a floor. The cap is there. It exists. It's a soft cap, but it's a cap. The NBA has a soft cap. No one ever refers to it as that. It's just a cap. Major League Baseball's cap is actually more effective than the NBA's cap at keeping teams under the cap. The difference is all those other leagues mandate that you can't have Teams like the Pirates and the Orioles and the Rays and the Marlins and everybody else who spends way under what would reasonably be considered a fair floor. I want you to try to process. Step back from whatever preconceived notion you might have about this subject, okay? Give it a shot. 
clear the brain. Step back and try to understand how a player's union that would benefit from countless of millions of additional dollars being paid to their existing membership right away, not far into the future, not for their next of kin or next generation or whatever, right now, additional, guaranteed, drop-dead-sure money in their pockets. Imagine, imagine the sell job that Boris and Tony Clark and everyone else running that union has to go through to pull that off. And for what? To stave off a system under which they already operate. When we come back, just one question. Welcome back, time for J1Q. Today's comes from Biagio, who asked why they brought Manfred shoot down the Rays playing half their games in Montreal. It was always a great baseball city with lousy facilities. I thought Montreal was building a new facility for baseball. Well, since I'm in Canada, your question is kind of timely. And I'm also in the only city that's got a major league team now. That, of course, being Toronto and the Blue Jays, at least when they allow the Blue Jays to play in the country. Montreal is a wonderful place for baseball with a rich history and a passionate group of people that really, really, really want to bring their expos back. And that's what they would be when they'd come back. I was there a couple months ago also for hockey. And invariably, I'll start talking baseball with the people at Bell Center because it's just something that comes up way more than you'd expect. And their view on this is that the Rays thing would have been silly other than that it could have been a precursor to bringing the Expos back. They never saw it. No one there did as some sort of permanent solution. It would have been a matter of, okay, they're getting 7000 per game down in St. Petersburg, and we're putting 40000 a game here in Montreal. So just move up here already. They would have seen it as that. They would have seen it as transitional. And I think in this case that Manfred and the rest of the owners who killed this thing were right to do so and for that matter, as the bylaws go, were well within their rights to do so. This would have been a farce. Can you picture the standings? Just stop for a second and just picture looking at the standings and seeing TB slash MTL in the AL East. Come on. It would have been a joke. I don't know what's going to happen to the Rays ever since this decision was rendered. Last month, there's been sudden and somewhat predictable movement, particularly in Tampa, more so than in St. Pete. And by the way, if you've never been down there, 
Those places have nothing in common. People refer to this as the Tampa Bay region as if they're somehow connected. They aren't, like, at all. If baseball were to move to Tampa, I think it would have a fighting chance. Tampa has shown itself to be supportive of the Bucs in the NFL, and that was before Tom Brady. And they've shown themselves to be supportive of the Lightning, although that's been kind of easy to do since the Lightning are really good and are winning Stanley Cups. But they've done it. They've actually supported arena football. Don't laugh that off. They took their arena football really seriously down there for a while. I think they could pull off baseball. But I also think there's so much to gain from having the Expos back. The Expos are a part of the sport's past. The Expos would be embraced by their city. The Expos would come with a tradition that predates even the Expos, going back to the Montreal Royals, who, of course, were the the team that had Roberto Clemente when the Pirates claimed him in the Rule 5 draft. This isn't a place like, you know, Nashville or Portland, Oregon, where you'd have to explain to everybody what it is they're watching and uh, announce the rules and so forth. It's Montreal, man. You know, they had baseball for a really, really long time. They refer, by the way, to the Expos as nos amor, which means our beloved. That's that's pretty strong, you know. Uh, would love to see it go back there. Would really, really love that. You know who wouldn't, though? And again, I'm going to refer to where I'm doing this show from, the Blue Jays. Because the Blue Jays, after the Expos left, attempted to paint themselves, and they've succeeded to some extent, as Canada's team. Because the only Canadian entry in the majors. And there are sports networks up here that have gone for that. You'll see every night on TSN's Sports Center, for example, there's a collection of hockey highlights that takes up the first 20 minutes. There's about three or four minutes of Toronto Raptors basketball. And then there's some there's some Blue Jays. And this is shown wherever you are up here, from Vancouver to Nova Scotia. But I also remember what it was like when it was both the Blue Jays and the Expos and Major League Baseball would have them meet on Canada Day up here. I actually covered one of those once. There was a reason for it. The Pirates had a few uh, former players playing here in Toronto, Orlando Merced, uh, Carlos Garcia, guys like that. And I came up here to do a story on them. The pitching matchup for that Canada Day game that I came up here to cover, you're not going to believe this. Pedro Martinez of Montreal, of course, and Roger Clemens pitching for Toronto. Wow. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Pirates. We'll do another one tomorrow.